Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you, and enjoy. Well, in order to become a priest, you have anywhere from five to nine years of seminary formation. And in that time, there's a lot of things you learn. You have to get an undergrad, usually in philosophy, and then you get one to two master's degrees in theology, and along the way, you do several service projects. You can go to countries who are in need. You do spiritual programs. And so it becomes a holistic formation time. And I was really blessed to do several uh, silent retreats varying in length from one day, no food, just water. Did a couple of those to three day, five day, eight day long silent retreats. And then I actually was blessed to be able to go on a 30 day silent retreat. And they're amazing times, these retreats. At first, uh, the question I was asked a lot, are you allowed to talk to yourself? And uh, I found the question very amusing because truth be told, I don't talk to myself. And I was shocked that people do. So the first person asked me this, I was incredibly condemning, thinking they were nuts. But later I found out, statistically, I'm the weird one, that I don't talk to myself at all. But no, you don't talk to yourself on those retreats. You talk to God, okay? But most importantly, he talks to you. And here's an amazing thing you discover. The Latin phrase is capox dei. So when the early church, we're talking about the first 500 years, wanted to describe what it means to be human, they had a lot of different phrases they used. But the one that kind of sums it up is capox dei. It's Latin for capable of God. And so often in my priestly ministry, I've heard so many people say, well, Father, the Lord just doesn't speak to me. What are you going to do? I say my prayers, I go on. And underneath those kind of blatant statements is a lot of disappointment in their heart of times where they've tried, times where they've desired, and it seems like God's let them down. And so their heart goes disappointed, frustrated, and says, well, clearly it doesn't work, and they just do a lot of exterior stuff. I'll at least look like a good Catholic, even though interiorly, I don't really know if the Lord's speaking to me. Say all this because I remember going on a silent retreat, and the spiritual director I had was a wonderful old priest, and in fact, St. Padre Pio was his spiritual director at one point, and he was one of Mother Teresa's. Right? And mine. I know. I know, right? So, he was a great man. He was an exorcist and a spiritual guy. Just, just wonderful, wonderful man. And he gave me this gospel to pray with, to do a holy hour with. And the way the prayer works is you go and you, you kind of use your imagination to enter the scene. And when you enter the scene, you just kind of let it unfold for like 40 minutes. And then you start letting whatever's on your heart pour out to Jesus and you have some honest discussions about how the scene's playing out. All right? So I go in the scene, and it seemed like the Holy Spirit had drawn me to be one of the unwise virgins. It wasn't a big surprise to me, but nonetheless, that's where I ended up. So there I am, and get to the point where I don't got any oil, and I remember looking at the wise virgins and be like, come on, just a little oil. And they were firm and said no. So we go, and next thing I know is I'm on the outside of this door. And Jesus, my fulfillment, happiness, 
Everything we dream of what we want our life to be is on the other side of the door. And there's no handle. I can't get in. And I'm with a few other people in my imaginative prayer. And they said to me, as most of my friends say to me, hey, go ahead, see if you can get us in. And I remember in all arrogance saying to them, I got this. And I knocked on the door and I remember like in the movie Wizard of Oz, like the little door opens and Jesus is there. And he's like, can I help you? And I was like, hey, the oil, oops, are bad. Let's just come on in and talk it out. And I remember he said, I don't even know who you are and shut the door. Here's the important thing. What came out of me was an anger and rage towards Jesus I didn't even know was in me. I yelled at him through that door. I've given talks on youth groups. I've given up girlfriends. I gave up a career in trumpet and acting. I have done all these things for you, and you're going to tell me you don't even know me? I was so angry. And after I yell and use a few words you're not supposed to use, I remember going to the Monsignor, this old priest, and I said, hey, I just kind of like cussed Jesus out. I should probably go to confession. And he goes, you don't need to go to confession for that. That was finally you praying. What you need to confess is all the times you've been faking it with him your whole life. You don't need to confess you got honest with God. You need to confess that you haven't been honest with him your whole life. See, the reason Jesus doesn't let certain virgins in in this gospel passage isn't because they weren't doing pious practices. After all, if you look at the whole world, they're some of the virgins, meaning they were the ones at least knowing the bridegroom would return. They at least knew they should be waiting for him. The reason he doesn't let them is, he goes, I don't even know who you are. Meaning, they, hadn't, they knew of him, they didn't let him know them. So often, we're willing to know a lot about Jesus. Father, tell me a book I should be reading. What's the new spiritual thing we could be doing? What's the new program we can do? But we're scared out of our minds to be known by Jesus. The vulnerability and receptivity it takes to be known by someone is incredibly scary because it's nothing but openness. Our masks have to fall. Our hiding places have to be unveiled. And we have to let him see us as we are. That's the difference between those who get in and those who don't. It's not that you try really, really hard. In fact, all prayer is, is putting yourself in a position to be seen, known, and loved by Jesus. It's not about manufacturing cool experiences. It's not about getting this new ritual down or praying perfectly and okay, I did my rosary and I did all the beads exactly right while I was kneeling on rice. Prayer is about saying, Jesus, this is the junk that's in me. That if the people next to me at church knew, they would want to run. But it's in me. And I'm going to trust you don't want to condemn me. You want to transform me. And so here I am. That's all of the whole biblical spirituality. 
is being known by Jesus. And as we journey over the next few weeks getting closer to Christ the King Sunday, it begins with this gospel where Jesus says, I long to know you. I long to know what's inside of you. And of course we want to say, well, he's God. Doesn't he just know it? Him knowing it already is his love for us. Us telling him is the witness of our love to him. It's true, he doesn't need a news update. But by letting him see what's going on with us, by letting him know what we're really feeling, we put ourselves in the posture of receiving his love and grace. And so maybe in your life, there are many things that you haven't shared with him. Maybe there's death of a loved one. You just have not been able to let all the anger up. For me, it was this quiet sense that if I work really hard, he should reward me. And that came out very clear in this ugly attitude. Maybe for you, there's sins in your life that you're just like, I I don't mind confessing them because I feel like I'm in control, but just to let him talk to me about them, just to let him like look at that place in my life, I I can't. Maybe for you it's at work where you know that like you put on a fake persona. Maybe for you it's a family dynamic that's uncomfortable. Or maybe in you there's something absolutely astonishingly beautiful. Like maybe you have deep desires for God and holiness and there's wonderful things and you just get embarrassed by them because you don't know what to do with them and so you hide those as well. But when we gather for Mass... This place should feel a lot more like a hospital of sick people coming for the medicine than it should feel like a country club where everyone's fine. Inside, we're all a mess. And so when we come here, we come here to say, Lord, have mercy on my mess. And Lord, let me hear the love story in the scripture where you come to redeem my mess. And then let me eat and drink the medicine that slowly builds up from the inside out a life of intimacy with Jesus so that we never have to be on the outside of that door. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church, Brexville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.